0: Stay standing for a moment. You guys feeling good? Woo! What that really attractive lady said up here, I think it's true. To stay expectant tonight. Um, and I just want to encourage you guys, man, to uh, enjoy tonight. I- enjoy the presence of God. Um, man, I mean, I just feel like sometimes we come into we sit here we're so serious and we're so like... I don't know, we're just so overwhelmed by the stress of God, but in Jesus' presence is, is peace, is, is joy, is strength, is faithfulness. So can, can I just encourage you to enjoy tonight, to, to hear what the Lord has to say to you. If, if I say something you like, you can say amen, you can shout me down, you can clap, you can enjoy, you can stand to your feet, um, because the enemy has tried to take you out this week, but you got here tonight, right? You showed up, you got here. You faced all sorts of stuff, but tonight you made it here, And the Lord wants to speak and move and challenge you. He wants to encourage some of you. He wants to convict some of y'all. Holy Spirit, come and convict us, please. I need some conviction in my life. We all need it. But I believe the Lord has something special. So hug someone's neck sitting down. Tell them God's got something special for you. Maybe not you. Just kidding. Tell the person next to you they smell good. Look at the next person and say, you all right. You're six out of ten. Uh, y'all feel good having a good summer so far? Yeah? It's not snowing, amen? Dear Lord, dear Lord, come on. I need some pool time up in here. Hey, well, my name is Andrew Matron. I'm one of the young adults pastors on staff. Uh, I love this group. I, I so much enjoy getting to be with this group. And in the past couple weeks, we've been in this series on the Holy Spirit. And the past couple weeks, Connor Grimm, Pastor Connor Grimm has done an amazing job. Give it up for him. He's done an amazing job just kind of walking us through who the Holy Spirit is, how the Holy Spirit uh, can be our guide how we can hear from the Holy Spirit. A lot of people ask us questions, how do I hear from God? How do I hear from the Holy Spirit? Uh, Connor laid that out in an amazing, beautiful way. Uh, so if you missed that, go back to our YouTube channel or our uh, online and you can check that out. Uh, but we learned over the past couple weeks that Jesus came to this earth to die for our sins. And then he went to the grave and then he resurrected, amen. Every other God is still in his grave, but our God has risen. And we have a Jesus who, who rose from the dead And when he was with his disciples, after he had resurrected from the dead, he looked at his disciples and said, hey, I will be ascending into heaven. I will be back at some point. You'll never know when, but I will be back at some point. But for the time being, I'm going to leave you an advocate, a helper. The Holy Spirit, and it's better that I leave so that you can have the Holy Spirit. And he left the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to be active within us, to empower us, to enable us, and equip us to live this life. And so, now we, two thousand years later, we get to live. No matter where you're at, no matter where you find yourself, that you can experience the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I want to talk about a very important quality. That we can engage with when we say yes to the Holy Spirit and we begin to walk with the Holy Spirit and I think it's one of the most important qualities that the Holy Spirit calls us to and enables us to and before we get into that I'm gonna be reading out of Acts chapter 4 um yes come on we're going to Acts tonight Uh, Acts chapter 4 and Kind of a a little bit of background, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the story. The Holy Spirit comes upon all these disciples. Uh, Peter and John are are, are preaching. The disciples are going and preaching. Uh, The gospel is spreading like wildfire. They heal some guy, and these people, these religious leaders got frustrated that they were going and preaching and that they were healing people, and so they get brought in to be questioned. Peter and John get brought in to be questioned. So we're going to be in John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, they had Peter and John and brought them and began to question them. They said, by what power or what name did you do this? Did you heal this man? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. But this man stands before you healed. So they say this to these men, and you skip down to verse 13, it says that these men, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. that's good. I think we can end right there and just start worshiping. Amen. Come on. Tonight, how do we live? I'm going to talk about how do we live through the Holy Spirit with extraordinary boldness where the world takes notice. How do we live empowered by the Holy Spirit with extraordinary boldness where the world takes notice? Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for tonight, God. I thank you for uh, what you're doing in this place. Um, Lord, I don't know, your, your spirit is alive and is active tonight. I feel like there's something special about tonight, uh, Lord, where two or more gathered. You are here in our midst, Lord, that you are here. Your presence, your spirit is here. So, Lord, we welcome you. And everybody says amen. All right. Thank you, Scotty. Single, Scotty. Question. Have you ever approached a situation with very bold intentions but had very timid follow through. Right? You approached the situation with some really, really bold intentions, but when you came faced with that situation, you had some really timid actions. Come on, some of y'all, some of you fellows, and you like that girl, all right? I remember uh, I was a senior in high school, and when you're a senior in high school and you're a guy, you think you're really cool, but you're a complete loser, okay? I don't know what it is. You think that you're on top of the world. You're on top of your high school. Your your, your dumb high school that you go to, and you think that you're the coolest, toughest, most amazing person on the planet. I, I remember feeling that as as a 17 year old when I was a senior, and 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 I remember I just felt like like nothing can touch me, like. I'm invincible, I'm amazing, nothing can stop me, right, I I, I play football, so I'm really cool and I'm strong because I play football, right, I'm awesome, and so I just believed that I was like the most amazing person on the planet, and and so that caused me to do dumb and really prideful things, and and caused me to get into some trouble sometimes, and and this one night, me and my buddy, we were, we were driving around because uh, we live in Springfield, Missouri. That's all you do—you get in the car and you drive around with the windows down. You act real cool, driving down Battlefield and Glenstone and Carney Street, Springfield. Come on, babe, come on. So we we're driving one night, and and uh, it's just it's just us two, and this this car cuts us off, and uh, we think, "Well, you can't do that to us. Are you kidding me?" Uh, and, and so we drive, we cut them off, and and so we're kind of having this, this this road rage battle. Lord, please forgive me. We're having this road rage battle, and we can't really see into their car because their windows are, are are tinted. And so we're having this engagement with with these people, and we're getting pretty rowdy on the road. And I look at my friend like, "Hey, should we we should fight these guys? We should fight them." And so. So I, we're at a stoplight, and, I, and, I, and I, wait, I put my hand on the window. I'm like, come on, why don't you all meet us? And so we pull off into this apartment parking lot. And I look at my buddy. I'm like, let's do this. Come on. Come let's do this. We get out of the car. We slam the door shut. And we start walking to the car. All of a sudden, these two dudes who are legitimately six foot five, 270 pounds, pop out the car. And they're like, Y'all ready to do this? I look at my buddy, I'm like, Oh snap. We literally jumped into our car. The guy started chasing us. We literally went over the curb and started going on to ongoing traffic to get away from these guys. We looked at each other like, Do not speak of this. We will not talk about this. Do not tell our friends. Really bold intentions but extremely timid actions. I was thinking about it mostly because I find myself uh, in this season right now that unfortunately many of us when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, when it comes to taking steps of faith, when it comes to being obedient, when God calls us to do something or be something or give something or serve something, that more times not a lot of us have really, really bold intentions, but when it comes time to, to do it, we have really timid actions. Like we, we have really bold actions when, or bold intentions when God calls us to take that step of faith. But when it comes time for us to step out the boat and start walking into something new, we get really timid actions and we end up stepping back instead of stepping out. We can have really bold intentions when it comes to leaving that toxic relationship that we know every single week we come to young adults and God's like, hey, Come on, come on. You, you know you're not supposed to be in this relationship. You know you're supposed to move past that. And every time the Lord opens a door and gives you an opportunity, you just feel like, well, I'm just a little bit too comfortable, so I'm not, I'm gonna have a little bit of timid actions here. Right? We we have bold intentions when it comes to being generous with our money. God calls you to give. And then when it comes time to give, you start crunching all the numbers and your bank account, and you have. Timid actions and you don't step into what God has called you to. When it comes to inviting your friend to church, that person at work, you have bold intentions but timid actions. Many of us, myself included, uh, we tread really lightly when it comes to our faith. Do we not? I mean, so many of us, like, I- I've prayed this so many times. Like, God, I feel like I'm not being used. God, just use me. God, call me. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I will go. And then he calls you, and you have these really bold intentions, but the second that he calls you, like, I don't know about that, though. Maybe next year, huh? Man, we that, that, that's who we are. That's at least who I am. Uh, and, and I was thinking about it, but this is the opposite of who we're called to be. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. For the spirit that God gave us does not make us timid. Another version of that says, for the spirit that God gave you does not make you a coward. The spirit that God gave you does not make you timid. It doesn't make you a coward. It says, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That the Holy Spirit was left for us, not to make us timid or weak or tread lightly in this life, but the Holy Spirit came to empower you, equip you, to change you, to lead you, to give you self-discipline, self-control, peace, joy, patience, gentleness. Like that's why the Holy Spirit came, not to make you timid or weak. You see, I think a lot of us, though, we have a hard time trusting that. Like, we, we have a hard time trusting that the Holy Spirit is there to empower me. We have a hard time trusting that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives and dwells inside my heart. And, and, and here's the thing, though, when it comes to boldness. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. What you believe determines how you will act. So boldness is determined out of your belief. Your boldness is a direct correlation to how much you believe, to your faith. You see, if you believe that you're going to fail, you're probably going to fail. If you refuse to believe that the Holy Spirit empowers you, that you're not good enough, that you're too messed up, that you're too broken, that you're too far that you're not smart enough, that you're not strong enough, that you're not talented enough, that you're not gifted enough. Odds are is that you will never completely fulfill the plan that God has placed for your life. But what if we really believed that we have this Holy Spirit and he's alive and active in us and that he gives us power and he gives us authority and he enables us? How much different? Would we wake up and walk into our workplace and into our environment. You see, look, strong beliefs cause strong action. In the same way, bold faith causes bold steps of faith. What you believe about the Holy Spirit will determine how bold you are in this life. What you believe about the Holy Spirit and what he enables you to do will determine how bold you are in this life. And I think there's people in here where I think that we all desire that, right? Like if if you're a believer in here, that you desire to to live bold. You you, you would love to. You, You would love to just always hear from God and always take steps of faith. Like I think that we all desire that, but I think more times than not, I think that we really struggle with being bold and trusting that the Holy Spirit is who he says he is and can do what he says that he can do through you, right? So the question is how do I have... Extraordinary boldness where the world will take notice. How do I do that? Well, this story that I read earlier about Peter and John, it's in the new, it's in, in the book of Acts. And in Acts 1, it says that Jesus ascends and, and he says that he's gonna leave the Holy Spirit. And so you have these disciples, and they're sitting in the upper room, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit sweeps through this room and It says that they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. All these disciples who had been with Jesus, they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They're empowered. They have this new authority. And so it says that Peter walks out and people begin to question him. And it says that Peter stands up in front of thousands of people and gives the first ever sermon and the most bold sermon ever. He says, repent of where you're at and turn to this Jesus. And it says that 3,000 people were added to their number that day. 3,000 people in the first sermon ever, in the first church service ever, experience Jesus Christ for the first time. And so it says that they go on empowered by the Holy Spirit to continue to preach. And then Peter and John one day are walking along the road and they come across this man who was 40, who had been uh, crippled for 40 years. And it says by the power of the Holy Spirit, they say, get up and walk. And this man who had been crippled for 40 years gets up and walks through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through Peter and John. But it says that these religious leaders took notice. These religious leaders saw what they were doing and it was in direct conflict with what they were trying to accomplish. You see, these religious leaders did not believe that Jesus rose from the dead or that the Holy Spirit was a thing. And so it frustrated them because again, it went against their beliefs. And so these Sadducees, these religious people, bring Peter and John in for questioning, and I'm going to to repeat the verse that I said up top, but they said to Peter and John, they said, by what power and by what name do you do this? By what power and what name do you heal these people and continue to preach? And we'll say it again. This should fire you up. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, said, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. That you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised to the dead, that this man stands before you. See, this strong belief caused bold action in their faith and in their walk. And I want to take just a few quick points about this story when it comes to boldness. If you're sitting here like, man, I... I want to learn how in my daily life to to walk more bolder. I want to try to trust the Holy Spirit more. You can write down these four points. Number one is this. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Verse 13, it says, when they saw the what? Boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. Astonished. This word ordinary in the Greek, you've probably heard this, is translated into idiotase, which translates into what? Idiot. Okay? It translates into idiot. Peter and John were unschooled idiots. And these religious leaders are like, look at the boldness of these idiots. Look at these unschooled idiots and how they're talking. Look at the boldness of these complete jackwagons. Okay, look. (laughs) Peter and John. Okay, they were ordinary. They they, they were normal. They had no distinctive features. They were mundane. There was nothing about them that was special at all. But can I tell you something? That God, yes, he does love using uh, gifted people, talented people. But God specializes in the business of idiots. Why do you think I'm up here on this stage? Some bald meathead with a mic in his hand. I, I don't deserve this. I got sunburn on my head today. And you can probably see how red I am. My team pointed it out to me right before I came up to preach. So thank you. As if I'm not insecure up here enough, dear Lord. But he specializes in using ordinary people. You see, it's important for you to know that Before all of this with Peter and John, Peter was a man with bold intentions, but very timid actions. That's who Peter was. Peter was defined as someone who had really bold intentions, bold words, but really weak and timid actions. There was even a point as Jesus was about to be betrayed and crucified, that Peter said, Hey, Jesus, there is nothing that will happen where I will ever turn my back on you. And Jesus looks at Peter and is like, Okay, uh, well, before the crow... Does what? What does a crow do? Oh, rooster crows, yeah. Help me. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter's like, no way, Jesus. I love you. I have followed you. I will walk with you. There is nothing that can happen. And all of a sudden, Jesus gets taken away, and Peter denies Jesus three times, one time to a schoolgirl denies Jesus, real bold intentions, but extremely timid actions, but Peter had this moment after Jesus was crucified and went to the cross and went to the grave and resurrected, where he has this moment where Jesus came back, and Jesus reinstates him, and then you fast forward to Acts, where all of a sudden the Holy Spirit rests on the room, and Peter, for the first time, receives the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers him. And no longer from that moment on, no longer was Peter who had bold intentions and weak actions. Peter now from that point on had bold intentions and bold actions and walked in a new way of being empowered and enabled in a way that he did not walk before. He was one man, experienced the Holy Spirit, said yes to the Holy Spirit, and his strong belief. Encourage his strong boldness. That's where we find Peter now. You see, the Holy Spirit takes ordinary people but gives them access to his power. Takes ordinary people, gives them access to his power to allow you to, be, to do extra, extraordinary things with extraordinary boldness. Listen, there's nothing ordinary about Jesus. Nothing ordinary about the Holy Spirit. Therefore, there's nothing ordinary about you. If you've said yes to Jesus, there is nothing ordinary about you. God loves to use people who the world deems as unworthy, who even the person sitting next to you might deem you unworthy. But the Lord loves to use the most broken, messed up, screwed up people. You know why? Because you can't say that you did it. You depend on him. He wants to use someone who can't use the excuse that I did it myself. He wants to look at the most messed up and saying the world says you have... No power to do anything but just watch what I'm about to do. That was Peter. So that's you and me. Number two, when we have extraordinary boldness, the world takes notice. When we have extraordinary boldness, the world takes notice. Verse 13, I'm going to read verse 13 a couple more times, okay? So I'm going to ask you to read it with me. You put it up there. Come on. When they saw the what? Of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled idiots. They were astonished, and they what? They took notes that these men had been with Jesus. I'm gonna try to ruffle some feathers here, real quick. If we have said yes to Jesus, we have been set apart. But the Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not of it, that we have been set apart. If this is true, we should look different than the world around us. Amen? Come on. If this is true, if we've truly been set apart, if we are in the world but we're not of the world, that we're different, we should look different. We should talk different. We should speak different. Look, you are not called to fit in. You are called to stand out. And the more you stand out, the more that the world will take notice. Look, I, I think that we, we live in this culture where we just we, we desperately want to fit in. I was just a youth pastor for nine years, and that was the biggest issue for teenagers, that they just want to fit in, and they will go against all their morals, all their beliefs, all their values, just in hopes that they don't have to sit at the lunch table alone. And I think that that has grown into us as young adults, so we absolutely want to fit in. And what we want to try to figure out is how to fit in as much as possible to the world and sprinkle a little bit of Jesus in there. But we've, been, we've been called... The more than that, like we, we've been set apart. You have a different power resting in you than anything else in this world could offer you. You should look different than the people at your gym. You should look, you're not better, but you should look different. You should look different than the people at your work. But Andrew, I'm, I'm a, I am a Christian, but I'm just not naturally bold. Okay, let, let me tell you something. That being bold doesn't mean that you have to go walk around and heal people. Okay, be, being bold does, does not mean that you have to go stand up at the table at, at Applebee's and scream about Jesus, okay? Don't, don't do that. You, that's weird. That's called being weird. <laughs> bold and weird are different. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Uh, the Holy Spirit should be the most beautiful, attractive thing in the world. The, no, no one should look at what you're doing and say, I don't want that. They should look at you and say, tell me more about that. Right, like we, we got to learn how to be bold in our everyday lives. You can be bold at work. When everybody's hanging out around the water cooler, is that still a thing? Just on friends. I don't. Know. Chandler, Chandler Bing. Watch three episodes a night before bed, just you know. Just kidding. No, that's not true. But when people start to, to gossip about what's her face. You always find yourself in that circle of people who are always talking bad about people, talking bad about the boss. You, you know, if you just were to say, you know what, I, I want to respect that person, I'm not going to talk about that person and walk away, that's being bold. When, when, when you're walking into some kind of business deal or whatever it is that you do with your business, when, when, when the rest of the people in your life aren't walking with much integrity, when they, when they come to relationships, and you say, you know what, I'm just not going to be a part of that this time, bold. Fellas, when you're at the gym... And there's that girl walking around flaunting all of her stuff. And she walks by and every guy's like, and you keep your head down and you keep your headphones in and you keep listening to your worship. That's bold. That's bold. You can do that. You don't have to have supernatural strength to have a little bit of integrity and a little bit of character in your life. This is fellas and ladies all alike. Come on. Look, I think we so badly want to be imitators of the world. But if we're imitators of the world, we'll just fit in. If you're imitator of Christ, you'll stand out. And the world will take notice. World will take notice. I think a lot of us want to look for opportunities to present Jesus to people. Let me encourage you. That the way that you present Jesus to people is represent Jesus to people. The more like Jesus you are, the more that people will take notice. And at some point someone will say, what's different about you? When was the last time someone took notice of your boldness? When was the last time? When was the last time that you stepped out and you stood out? When was the last time that you lived with a different level of integrity where your people, your friends looked at you like, what are you doing? Come on. No, not tonight. I don't know. Number three, spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. It comes from knowing Christ. Put verse 13 back up there. Come on, y'all gotta memorize this. When they saw the what? Oh, it's, it says courage. That's why you haven't been saying boldness. That's right. It's my bad. Boldness of Peter and John. And re- <laughs> ah, you got to tell me I'm looking like an idiot up here. I'm an idiot. That's right. And realized that they were unschooled ordinary men. They were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Okay, hear this. You can write this down. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more faith you have. The more faith you have, the more boldness you'll have. Look, the, the, the more time you spend with Jesus, the, the more well acquainted you get with his voice. And j- just, like, just like Connor talked about last week, the, the more a- acquainted you become with Jesus' voice, the more you can differentiate all the noise. There's so much noise in your life. Like, is God calling me to do this? Is this just culture? Is this something that, like some insecurity in myself? I don't know. The more time you spend with Jesus, the, the, the more acquainted you become with his voice. And the more acquainted you get with his voice, the more you trust him. And the more you trust him, the, the more you begin to walk out in faith. And the more faith you have, the easier it becomes to have more faith. And the more bold you become to step out and be and do what God has called you to do and be. But... Let me, let me tell you that the opposite is true as well. That the less time you spend with Jesus, the less faith you're going to have. The less faith you have, the less boldness you're going to experience. Y- you keep on saying, I want to do big things for God. I want to be bold. I want to have some faith. I want to step out. But When was the last time you, you opened your word? When, when was the last time, and, and not just here, look, young adults, we, young adults is for one hour to try to inspire you to go through the rest of your week. But this isn't to to get you through the week. This is just to, like, inspire you for a moment to walk out tomorrow. Like, you have to, at some point, hear the voice of God on your own. Like, and and it may not come from a podcast. It's going to come from opening up the word of God. Like, you have have to spend time with Jesus. But the opposite is true. If you don't spend time with him, you're going to have less faith, less boldness, And you're going to walk around your entire life with really bold intentions but extremely timid actions. And the more timid you live, the more you'll begin living for the lesser, more mundane, ordinary things of life. Hear me. Boldness is not the goal. Knowing Jesus is the goal. Boldness is a byproduct. Okay? The more you know Jesus, the more bold that you'll be. Number four. All right. Good. Sorry. It's hot. We had a power outage today, so it's a little hot. I shouldn't have told you. Now you're thinking about it. Dang it! Number four, boldness inspires boldness. Boldness inspires boldness. So, what I'm, the verse that I'm about to read are some more of people who receive Jesus Christ as their for their salvation, and they're they're talking in reference to what Peter and John just did. So these are new people talking. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word of God with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and heal and perform signs and wonders to the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Look, boldness inspires boldness. You know what one of the most attractive qualities of someone is? Is courage. Wouldn't you agree? Like, I, I envy someone that is courageous. When, when you're bold at your workplace, when you choose to stand up and have some integrity and character at your workplace and choose to go against the grain, you know there's other Christians that are there that are just waiting for someone else to do it? Like, isn't it funny where we could, we could be in, in a place for a really long time, work at some place for a long time, and then we have a random conversation like, Oh, you go to church too? Oh, you're a Christian? Known you for eight years. <laughs> cool. What church you go to? Oh, you should come to this one. Like, th- did you know that there's other Christians in your work environment who, who are just waiting for someone else to be bold? And like, you have a chance to lead that. Not wait for someone else to go first, but you have a chance to go first. The more bold you are, the more bold other people will be. Around you, Ben, you can come on up. I think I'm in a sauna in here, dear Lord. We're trying to get tan. Maybe put some different UV bulbs in here. Or something. God, I'm super weird. I, I, I'm trying to let y'all into to it, but just laugh. Don't judge. I, I love people in the early church in, in, in Acts. If you have a red axe, could you go home? It's, it's what, 20, 21 chapters? 21 chapters of Acts? Uh, for the next 21 days, just read, read each chapter. Um, it'll, it'll change your perspective on, on who the early church was called to be and who the early Christians who first experienced the, the power of the Holy Spirit walked out in. And I love that people in the early church, they, they had bold faith with bold actions And those bold actions created results. It just did. It was like wildfire. The world took notice. People were saved. The gospel was spread. People took notice. That's what we're called here for. Look, the second you say yes to Jesus, it's it's no longer about you. If you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, just know that he, he's chasing you down. He'll chase you down to your 99. He's going to keep chasing you down. And so that's that's God's goal for your life right now is just to come into a relationship with you. But once that happens, your, your job is now to affect the kingdom of God. Um, we look at this world differently. We're Christians, we, we're not afraid of death. We know what what happens after this. Like We, we, we walk around this world very differently. And so our goal then should, should be to, to love people. Be Jesus to other people where people take notice. That's, that's who we are. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of your mistakes, regardless of where you find yourself, like for, for a moment, just get, get over yourself for a moment. The Lord's bigger than that. Okay? He's allowing you to go through whatever you're going through for, for a reason. Um, and he's gonna work it out for all things that's good for those who love Him. Like He's gonna work it out. But your life is not about yourself. It says that Jesus didn't come to, to be served, but He came to serve. Okay, so you come into contact with Jesus, you're supposed to be like Jesus, so now we serve, okay, so, but but I was thinking about, like, the, these New Testament, these Acts Christians, like, the first church, and, like, how did all this take place? Like, how, how did, how did, like, this, these extraordinary results for the kingdom of God take place? How did, like, hundreds and thousands of people get added to their number every day? And, and I wrote down these, these two thoughts, and I, I think it was this, Number one is that they just flat out believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. That was it. They, they, they just believed in the power of the Holy Spirit. They believed that he gave them power. He believed They believed that the Holy Spirit gave them authority, that the Holy Spirit enabled them, that the Holy Spirit set them apart. They, they believed strongly, and their belief dictated their behavior. And so their behavior was bold because the Holy Spirit does not call us to be timid, but the Holy Spirit calls us to be bold. Amen. People believed in the Holy Spirit. And number two, they said yes. That was it. That was Connor's last point last week. Just say yes. Okay? This isn't dare in middle school. Just say no. Okay? This is the Holy Spirit. Just say yes. They believed in the power, and they said yes. When the Holy Spirit said move, they said where? The Holy Spirit said jump. They said how high? They believed, and they said yes. And I was thinking about it this week. Um, We have some extraordinary people in this room right here, some amazing people. And and, and I'm sure there's a lot more than I know, um, but I just haven't got to meet you yet. But where the Lord is doing some amazing things and you are are filled with the Holy Spirit and you continue to say yes to God and you have seen results, results that no one else has seen but we'll see one day in heaven. And and I I, uh, I just want to share three quick stories with you about people in this room um, who believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and chose to say yes. The, The first one is this guy that I met this week, Adam. Awesome guy. Adam is... Slowly but surely, every, like every single one of us, just figuring out this thing, figuring out this relationship with God. And, and Adam told me, you know what, man, for, I've been at this place for a long time in my life for the past. I used to be a drug addict, and I, I finally uh, got through that. Praise God. He, he's, he's gone through rehab. He's done the whole thing. Uh, but he's like, man, in the past few months, I've just really been struggling, just really been down on myself and, and just struggling with life. And I find myself, like, partying hardcore with, with my neighbors and, and, and all these different people. And he said, you know what, I chose that, you know what, for the next 30 days, I'm not going to drink. I chose for the next 30 days, I'll hang out with those people because I still love them, but I'm not going to drink. That's bold. That, that's, that, that's bold. That that's, that's someone saying it in their normal daily life that, you know what, I feel like God's calling me to more. Like, I feel that, that God has set me apart, and so I think he has a better life for me, and so I'm going to choose for the next 30 days to try to be a little bit different than what I have been. And he's like, man, what God has been doing in my life over the past couple weeks is insane. He's like, it's been tough, but it's been amazing. And his friends are like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, I'm not going to drink right now. They're taking notice. We have this other girl in, in our ministry. Her name is Rachel. And Rachel was looking for a job, and she was looking for a nanny position. And she was going between two families for this nanny position. One of the families were believers and the other family was not and she felt like to nanny for the the family that was believers that that would be really comfortable for her that she she just she knows that environment that'll just be comfortable it'll be a little bit more peaceful of a work environment potentially because I just know this world but she felt led by the Holy Spirit and felt like the Holy Spirit was like no I don't want you to be comfortable. I haven't called you this world to be comfortable. I, I've called you this world to affect people. And so she said, you know what, I'm going to be a nanny for the family that doesn't know Jesus so I can be a light for the family. And, and I asked her just to, to text me about her experience there. And, and she was like, you know what, I, I don't feel like I have to do anything special. Literally all I do is I bring my Bible every single day. And when they come home, I make sure that they see the Bible. I have my journal notes out. And when they come home, I have worship music blasting on the TV. Come on. The family literally bought her a coffee mug just for her that says, all you need is Jesus and coffee. But how many of y'all believe one day they'll be drinking from that same cup? Amen? Come on. And then they said to her, ever since you've come to our home, There is a different level of peace in our home. They have taken notice of her and her story and her boldness. And it didn't take much. She just said yes. Another story is this amazing female here at Young Adults. Her name is Ann. And Ann was working at a recruiting firm. It was a lucrative job. She said that she was at the top of this firm and she was doing an amazing job and she loved it and it was really comfortable. But for some reason, she felt like God was calling her away. But God had no guarantee of any kind of job. But she just felt like God was saying, look, I need you to step out. I need you to step into something new. And so she goes to her recruiting firm and she said the number one rule that we as a recruiting firm tell people is don't quit your job if you don't have another job in line. So she goes to these people and says, hey, I'm quitting my job. And they're like, what are you doing next? She said, I don't know. She said they were shocked and surprised. But she said she stood before the rest of those people when she said that she was leaving. And she said, you know what? I just trust that God is going to provide. Like, she, she took a moment to stand up and say, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen. I know you may not believe in this. You think I'm a complete idiot, but guess what? I am. I'm an ordinary idiot being used by God, and I'm just saying yes. So 12 hours later, this amazing company calls her firm and asks about her. And 12 hours later, she says yes to a new job, and all those people who were like, what are you doing? are like, oh my gosh, God did provide for you. And now she's at this new job, and she says that the second she walked in, this job was filled with gossip and jealousy and, and all sorts of stuff. And she said, you know what? My job, it doesn't matter what I do, it matters who I am. And so I'm gonna be a part of this place every day and I'm gonna bring encouragement. I'm gonna bring life. I'm gonna bring love. I'm gonna be different. And literally, all of a sudden, someone who's one of the executives at her work pulls her aside and was like, hey, I'm a Christian too. And she says, people have been talking about that there's something different about you. Come on, give it up, friend. I mean, that's, that's all that we have to do. It's just us saying yes to God and saying, I'm going to be bold, I'm going to step out, I'm going to be different, I'm going to live with different integrity and character. Look, when we are bold in our love, when love does not make sense, people take notice. When we are bold with our words, when the words wouldn't make sense, people take notice. We're bold in our generosity when generosity does not make sense, people take notice. Things begin to happen, the world begins to change. God has called you, he has empowered you, he has equipped you, and he has given you the Holy Spirit who is your comforter, your encourager, your strength, and your counselor. Can you all stand to your feet, please? Lord, we thank you so much for tonight, God. We thank you for what you're doing, God. We thank you for your grace, your love, your peace, your patience, your kindness. God, I pray that we would be a young adult community who that we go to work and we just say, yes, God, however you want to use me today, God, I know that I screwed up last night. I know that I messed up. I know that I'm broken. I know that I don't have much to offer. But God, today, right now, how do you want to use me? God, I pray that we would be a generation that says yes. God, send me. God, I'm willing. God, I pray that this would be a group that learns how to spend time with you, how to be intentional with you, how to trust your voice, how to hear your voice, and see extraordinary things happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask a couple questions. First question is this, is that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've been walking around this world a little bit lost, if you're being honest. And man, you, I don't know, you've searched every person, every career, every substance, every relationship and you just haven't quite found what it is that you're looking for and you walked in here today and you say, I think that I found it. I think that I found it and I know that I need it. You don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you wanna say yes to Jesus Christ tonight and give your life to him and trust him with your life. If that's you in here, would you slip up your hand across this place? Praise God, praise God, I see you, amen. Praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Yes, amen. Amen, amen, come on. If, if that's you in here, you raise your hand, just begin to talk to God for the first time. Maybe just begin to tell him, Jesus, I, I'm a sinner. Just like Peter said, repent of your sins. And all, all repenting of your sins is, is saying, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, I'm going I'm to fight to move past my old way of life. And then turn to God. Say, God, I want to give you my life. God, I, I trust you. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything specific, anything perfect. Your words are adequate enough. He hears you. He knows your heart. Just talk to him for the first time and say, Lord, come into my life, and, Lord, begin to lead me. God, I thank you for everyone in here, Lord. Man, I pray, God, that as we go into a time of worship, Lord, I pray that it would be a time where we just give you all the glory and honor and praise. And, Lord, I pray that this would be a time where we say, Holy Spirit, move in my life. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, give me me a step of faith. Holy Spirit, speak to me tonight of something that I need to do when I go home tonight. Holy Spirit, speak to me tonight of something I need to do when I get to my job tomorrow. Holy Spirit, put someone in my mind that I need to tell them about you tomorrow. God, we love you. We trust you. We give all this to your name, Lord. And everybody says, amen. Young adults, let's worship.